You are listening to True Insights, an educational podcast series for Australian health professionals brought to you by True Relationships and Reproductive Health, covering topics on reproductive health, sexual health and preventative health. True Insights aims to support clinicians in their ongoing care of their community. Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the First Nations people of Australia and pay our respects to Elders, both past, present and future. Today's episode will focus on why it is so important to conduct sexual health history assessments regularly throughout pregnancy. We explore practical ways of approaching these questions with your client, either alone or with a partner present. We will discuss tools to use that assess safety risks and look at some communication strategies to adopt when your client has English as a second language. My name is Monica Vitali, and I'm a nurse practitioner and nurse educator specialising in women and reproductive health. I work as a nurse practitioner in Brisbane South and for True Relationships and Reproductive Health. Joining me in this discussion today is Helen Crabtree-Spencer, a registered midwife and senior nursing officer at the True Clinic in Toowoomba. Hi, Monica. Um, Thanks for giving me this opportunity to be part of this podcast and talk with you today. It's an absolute pleasure, Helen. During today's podcast, we will explore sexual health history assessments with a focus on antenatal care. The aim is for antenatal clinicians to not only be aware of how to conduct a sexual health history, but also to give them confidence and some practical insights that they can then apply in their practice. So we know that there is a current syphilis outbreak in Queensland and in much of Australia with increasing numbers of congenital syphilis. We also know that congenital syphilis, while easily acquired, is also really easily prevented through early detection, treatment and management, which brings us to today's topic of sexual health history assessments. Helen, are you able to tell us a little bit more about sexual health histories? Of course, Monica. Look, a sexual health history is an assessment of an individual's sexual health. It encompasses what is known as the five P's, which are uh, partners, past STIs, sexual practices, pregnancy. And in this instance, we're going to talk about the importance of sexual health in pregnancy and prevention of STIs. It's part of providing a comprehensive care for anyone Um, And research has shown, obviously, if it's done well, it does lead to better outcomes, helps identify risks and infections and treat and prevent further infections. Just quickly, if any of our listeners want to know more about the five P's, there is extra information in the Ask Online modules. Okay, so uh, let's look at how important it is to address sexual health during pregnancy. Is it something that is important And is it something that all pregnant people should be asked about, Helen? Sexual health assessments are always important regardless of pregnancy status. However, when someone is pregnant, it's crucial that their risk is assessed both early in and throughout the pregnancy. Um, Because, as you're saying, untreated STIs like syphilis, as you mentioned, can lead to complications for the baby and can even be fatal. I guess when you say it like that, It shows how vital it is to conduct a sexual health history during antenatal care. Can any clinician inquire about a sexual health history or is this just limited to GPs and doctors? Health professionals, especially midwives, are in an ideal position to ask about a client's sexual health, especially during the booking assessment. Now, this is often the longest amount of time you'll get with your client. can be anything from an hour to an hour and a half, so it's a good time 
um, to build that block um, for your start of antenatal care. Um, and it allows you to get to know your client and, and establish trust and confidence. So with that in mind, Helen, how do you ask someone about their sexual health during a consultation? I understand this can be really difficult and it's easier, obviously, for some people than others. I suggest that you start by going through general questions, um, which in the handheld records, if you've got them in front of you, are in there for you to sort of guide you along explaining why you're asking certain questions um, and saying things like some of the questions I'm going to ask you can be a little bit personal, but it's really necessary for me to know about the sexual health, about your sexual health history, sorry, as well as your medical history. So I can ascertain risk factors for both you and your baby. Yeah, okay, that that's, um, makes a lot of sense. What if despite this type of lead in Helen you have a client who is reluctant to open up and share this information with you. Yes, Monica, honestly, this can be really tricky to negotiate. It's always good to use open-ended questions um, to avoid those yes or no answers. Acknowledge that you're aware these type of questions can be really confronting to some people and take time not to rush through the questions with them. Having respectful, friendly, attentive approach um, has also, in a lot of research, shown to improve a woman's willingness to engage during an antenatal appointment. Yes, I totally agree in, in my practice as well. It's really important to acknowledge feelings of discomfort and even embarrassment yeah, yeah. around this. Have you got any examples of difficult situations where you've tried to inquire about someone's sexual health? And it hasn't gone as smoothly or as to plan like you thought it would. Monica, there's probably quite a few I could mention. But I think um, taking the sexual health from clients with English as a second language is always challenging, especially when you're being mindful of the cultural differences or when you've got an interpreter present. Clients with a history of previous trauma, such as sexual abuse, tend not to be forthcoming with their sexual history. And it can often take a few appointments to fully establish that rapport and trust so that they feel comfortable with you. Many clients also, I'd say, are really embarrassed about the subject. Therefore, like you need much more time until they feel that they can talk about it with you. That's a really valuable point. And I will like to touch on that um, and expand on that further. Do you have any tips or suggestions on how... Um, as clinicians, we can build rapport with clients from culturally and, and linguistically diverse backgrounds. This, I think, is when your body language is the key. Um, always helps to keep an open posture, to focus on the client rather than the interpreter, which sometimes you tend to do because you're leaning over the phone because if they're on a phone consult with you, you tend to focus then in on the phone and not on the client um, so you need to acknowledge and be aware that it's difficult to have this three-person conversation. Simple nod or a smile often, I think, um, helps them relax. I've found that helps. Um, pregnancy is always a stressful time, I think, for many women. So if we imagine um, being in a different environment, being in a totally unfamiliar system, and often without any friends or relatives nearby, it's really hard for them. So remaining empathetic at this time is essential. And really midwives are usually very, very good at this. 
Yes, I, I agree. You, midwives deal with um, quite stressful, anxious situations frequently. What do you do if your client attends their antenatal appointment with their partner? Would you still proceed with sexual health assessment? Look, I find the most challenging situations are when clients are in a particularly harmful relationship where control from the partner tends to dis- dictate how much they are willing to disclose. And as a midwife, this is really hard and it's quite confronting. Um, these types of appointments can be really complex. And therefore, if you, you need to spend a lot of time without rushing um, to be able to provide continuity of care i.e. the same midwife over the course of the pregnancy, will help to build this relationship and confidence and will also help with individualised care. So screening and testing, if they're done appropriately um, and explained appropriately, um, will facilitate trust and encourage questions from the partners and and the woman, obviously. And there is a lot of research around this, again, that's shown when testing is not explained and too much medical jargon is used, it does act as a barrier between the health professional and the client. Yes, I'm nodding here, Helen. I think as clinicians in busy environments, we can easily get swept up into using medical terminology and rushing through care, constantly aware of that clock and patients waiting Helen, thank you. It's a really great reminder to try to pace ourselves during client assessments. For clinicians where this is a new skill or where they have not had an opportunity to practice taking sexual health histories before, do you have any tips on how to best achieve trust and build rapport with the client when discussing such intimate details? I guess what sort of strategies um, do you use to promote the best outcomes? I think establishing rapport is going to always take time and appointment time slots really need to reflect this. And like, as you said, you know, sometimes it's not always possible in a busy antenatal clinic, like you said, you're under pressure to get the ladies seen. Um, but if we're going, you know, if you're sort of thinking about establishing rapport, eye contact, body language are essential, along with normalising what you're asking. So if we think, for example... You know, saying to somebody, look, your sexual health is another important part of your overall health um, that we need to talk about. And we talk about this to all pregnant women, you know, as well as in other consultations. So using that language um, or the type of language is essential and also seeking permission to ask these types of questions you're going to ask or preparing the client beforehand. So what I mean by this would be saying something like, As part of your antenatal booking appointment, we need to gather as much information as possible. I'm going to ask you some rather confronting and sometimes personal questions regarding your sexual health. But I'll explain as I go along why I'm asking you. And you can stop me at any time if you feel uncomfortable. Most people, once you explain things to them, they're fine. They're they're really, you know, willing to sort of engage with you. As long as you're remaining non-judgmental, you've got an open posture, you face your client and you're not looking at your notes or folding your arms because it's easy, like you say, to look down at the notes and read off something, you know, and read your questions without actually sort of looking at your client, I think. that, And, and that's something that we do and we, we don't mean to do it. Um, so... If we emphasise the importance of certain screening, for instance, um, for health and well-being, 
uh, often um, for the woman and a baby, um, giving them more information about this. Most women are really keen to do the right thing in pregnancy. So as long as they have an explanation of why you're doing this testing, why you're asking that, what issues it can have for her and the baby, they're usually more than willing to participate. Um, women, if they have a positive antenatal experience, care uh, and care is sensitive, respectful, flexible, um, appointments should allow staff to take time to provide the relevant support. Again, you know, sometimes it's not always possible, um, but the information um, needs to be with continuity of care wherever possible. So I think what I'm trying to say there is that um, for a good antenatal experience for any women, and if you imagine somebody on their first pregnancy, they um, they're really keen to learn everything about it. They don't want to be rushed through. There'll be lots of questions they want to ask us. And having that, um, being ready to explain these things on a level that they can understand um, will give them, like you say, a, a positive, a more positive experience going through. I really like how you've mentioned um, seeking permission because I think in the health field, yeah. we often do to rather than doing with. So yeah, I think that's yeah. really, really valuable information about asking permission. I think that's just a fantastic way of opening up and, and developing rapport from the yeah. get-go. If you explain to somebody and say, is it okay if I do this, instead of saying, oh, these are all your you know tests that we're going to do today, um, because there are so many other testing that comes along throughout the start of pregnancy and throughout the pregnancy. Um, if you explain these to people and sort of say, look, are you okay with that, that we do this? Then they feel more engaged and they're part of their antenatal care. It's essential with building your rapport between the midwife and the client and the partner. And, and again, so many um, examinations and assessments and tests do happen during pregnancy. Mm, yeah. And it, very daunting. Yeah, so definitely. Some really key pieces of information there. It's all, it's all just been fantastic, Helen, and I, I believe it takes time and a lot of patience and practice and being open to all situations to not only build rapport but to become comfortable as a clinician asking these questions. Helen, I've really enjoyed talking with you about sexual health history assessments during antenatal care. Thank you, Monica. You've really given us some great insight and some valuable pearls of wisdom on how we can practice this assessment and add it to our kit bag of tools. So I think that concludes our discussion today. We hope you found this information useful and now feel more confident in initiating sexual health conversations with your clients. For access to any further resources or information, on how to conduct a sexual health assessment, please head to the Ask course page, true.org.au ask, where you'll find lots of practical information and further education. This podcast has been brought to you by True Relationships and Reproductive Health in collaboration with the Communicable Diseases Branch, Queensland Health. This episode is part of a greater educational package called Antenatal Sexual Health Kit, or ASK, funded by Queensland Health. ASK aims to provide up-to-date practical information, resources and tools to support antenatal clinicians complete sexual health assessments and contact tracing to optimise pregnancy outcomes, reduce fetal mortality and morbidity. To gain access to the complete educational package, 
Register online today at www.true.org.au backslash ASK. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to True Insights wherever you get your podcasts. You can write to us at info at true.org.au and you can connect with us on our social media at True Clinics or at True Educate on Facebook or at TrueOrgAU on Twitter and Instagram. True Relationships and Reproductive Health is a profit-for-purpose organisation specialising in community gynaecology, reproductive and sexual health clinical education and relationships and sexuality education. True would like to thank our clinicians and our expert panel of contributors that helped to make this show possible.